to BaseballDesk.com, the business of baseball simplified and your source for all things professional baseball and not just surviving it, but succeeding in the professional sports industry. I'm your host, Alex Einhorn. Let's get to it. Somebody give me one more because I just ran out. I don't go to the clubs and I don't stand out. Off to the wall in the basement. We're sitting in a room with a microphone. There could be nobody listening right now. Welcome to BaseballDesk.com podcast episode number seven. Alex here alongside my co-host, co-founder of Baseball Desk, Doug Condren, coming to you from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What's going on, Doug? You know, it's uh, it's a little bit dreary outside today, so yeah. it makes it hard to be motivated. <laughs> but uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. Yeah, we're doing very well. We got uh, episode seven here of Baseball Desk podcast we're chugging away even though we are you know right in smack in the middle of the minor league and major league baseball seasons really we got a great guest on the show today doug jordan levere he's actually the on-field host um the on-field mc for the delmarva shorebirds affiliate of the baltimore orioles that's right alex yeah i actually wanted to talk to you about this because um as some of our listeners may not know you are the on-field host. they know they know. Well, anyway, you are the on-field yeah. host for Lancaster Barnstormers and Lancaster PA. Yep. Um, and it's kind of unique having an on-field host on the show today. I'm excited to talk to him, get his perspective on what it's like where he's at. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk to you and kind of let you share your thoughts and your um, kind of experiences being an on-field <clears> host. And, and what does that mean for minor league baseball, because we talk about it all the time. You yeah. know, Major League Baseball, you know, they don't really do the minor league thing. Sure. They're really an on-field host. Some sure. teams have them. Tampa Bay Rays have yeah, them. Yeah, they do. Teams like yeah. that, they, they have them. They try and go the entertainment route. But minor league baseball is all about the entertainment route. And, and the MC <clears throat> is responsible for yes. driving that entertainment, fulfilling sponsorship needs. It, it's really it's an important role, and, and can you just speak to what that role means to minor league baseball? Yeah, so I think it is an important role, first of all. So I guess I have a couple points to make. First and foremost, when you think of major league baseball, most teams don't have them. You know, the on-field host or the MC should not be confused with a sideline reporter, right? Right. Um, whereas a sideline reporter is more for TV. Sometimes they do interviews at the game, you know, with players. An on-field host, in my eyes has one job we'll call it one we'll break out the responsibilities drive fan engagement it's entertainment right it's fans first entertain always something we learned from jesse cole in episode one of the podcast it's a multifaceted job because you have to entertain the fans if you are an mc or an on-field host that's not entertaining then you shouldn't be there right Right. because that's the number one thing you know, on the flip side, in order to get their attention, you have to be entertaining. And why are you getting their attention? Because someone is paying you money, you know, mm-hmm. to run an on-field promotion, whether it's a Turkey Hill iced tea race or it's, you know, we do a pork race here for the PA Pork Producers Council. Everything that you're doing, the T-shirts that you throw have a sponsor on the back, right? The big costumes that run around the, the field or, or mm-hmm. the... 
you know, the freeze in Atlanta, for example. That's an all-field right. promotion to the naked eye, to the normal fan. That's just fun, right? But it's not because it's sponsored by, like, a local mini-mart who wanted to push the sales of, like, slushies or something like that, right? right. So there's something there. It's it's twofold, and you have to find the perfect marriage between entertaining fans. And I always use that. I always say that analogy. And, you know, entertaining fans, but also fulfilling sponsorship needs because they're paying for it. And you can't go 50-50 on one. It's got to be 100% on both ends because if you are just entertaining but you're not saying any sponsors' names, they're going to stop paying for that sponsorship. Right. On the flip side, if you're just standing out there and you're saying sponsorship names, you're not entertaining, no one's going to want you to be the on-field host. And we'll talk to Jordan a little bit about that and see what his input is. You know, taking that a step further, you know, and this is a conversation for another day probably, but what is being an on-field host in minor league baseball or professional sports mean for your career? I've been doing it three years now. Mm-hmm. Been in the industry six, on-field host for three or whatever. I don't know the answer to that question because from in most instances, and a lot of teams have on-field hosts, a lot don't. Right. Some are really serious. You know, I try and wear a different costume every time I'm out there or whatever. I have a jersey that I wear. I'm sponsored by somebody. And some teams just have an intern in a polo do it. And there's definitely a pattern there. Right. You know, not to... Not to say things that I haven't seen, but there are teams that don't try as hard with the on-field host, and, and it shows. And then there's right. teams that you can tell put a lot of effort to it, and, and it does show on the positive side. Right. But is there, like, a future career aspiration for that? That's a question I don't know. Because I'm an on-field host every day for 70 games, but I still have a full-time job. You know, I'm selling for the baseball team. I'm doing the graphic design work, overseeing production. So I don't know if it's necessarily a full-time thing all year round. And there's a lot of people excuse me, who are on-field hosts, but they only work for the team in the summer. Right. And then they are a teacher or whatever job. They have a normal job. Right. So it's definitely an interesting, I guess, career because you could do – I mean, I know people who do – they're on-field hosts for, like, a hockey team in the winter and then they do baseball in the summer. Right. So there are people that move on from being on-field hosts and they go be cruise directors, like, in charge of all the entertainment, <clears throat> right. the dances, or they're DJs, right? right. Our backup on-field host here is a DJ. He's a teacher and then he's a DJ. Right. So it's an interesting thing. It is interesting. I think you I think you spoke to the point well of kind of giving her an idea of what it does, but I think all that to say, it's an important role. Yeah. And it, it is part of the fabric of minor league baseball. And we, we've talked about different components. We've talked about the broadcasting side, the sales side, the entertainment side. And this is involved in the entertainment side as well, but not really. We haven't really touched on it quite right. yet. No, we haven't. This is this is a this is a a piece of minor league baseball that is so unique, and it's so important to the game, and it's so important to the fan experience. And it's not just running around with rubber chickens. It's it's more than that, and it's and it's an important role that's being played in minor league baseball. So I'm excited to kind of hear from Jordan. Yeah, and we'll talk to him in just a sec here. I want to say one more thing that you just brought to my attention. Um, especially in independent ball, but in minor league baseball in general, the importance of the on-field host and the entertainment. So now the mascot gets wrapped in, which we have to interview a mascot, by the way. We do. Um, That's a good idea. When you work in independent ball or even minor league baseball, it's very common for managers to leave, coaches to leave, because they're pursuing larger opportunities, right? Same with players. Right. Players, your roster's never the same, whether you're affiliated or not. Right. Right? So... You need that constant for fans, whether it's young fans, older fans, to hold on to. Right. And a lot of times, that's the mascot. 
Mm -hmm. But sometimes, if you have someone who's been with the team for a long time, that can be the on-field host too. Right. I mean, forget about five, six, seven, eight years. You know, I was the on-field host on opening day this last year, 2018 opening day. I will be the on-field host at our last game this year. Right. I can guarantee that. Right. There's not one player on the field, really, that you can guarantee will be on the field for our last game because they may get they may get signed by an affiliated team or called up if they're affiliated uh, ball already. Right. So I think having consistency in that role can help drive, you know, everything the team's trying to do in the community because it's a recognizable figure. Of course, that that only works if you have the right person in that role. Agreed, hundred percent. So we got Jordan Levere on the show today, on field host for the Del Marva Shorebirds affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. We're going to talk to him in just a second. Hey, Jordan. Yeah, so we just wanted to get a little info, a little bit on, on your kind of your story, a little bit on your background, how you got into baseball. If you can kind of take it away from there and just let us know how you got to the role that you're in now. Absolutely. So, you know, baseball has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I remember when I fell in love with the game when I was probably around eight years old. I was watching TV uh, with my mother, and I watched David Ortiz hit a walk-off home run uh, at Fenway Park, and it was one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed. Um, so baseball has always been something I've been involved in. You know, I've played it my whole life ever since I can remember. Um, played it in high school, and I always grew up going to Shorebirds games, I, uh, the Delmar Shorebirds games. I'm from Salisbury, and that's where the Shorebirds is located. I've always grown up going to those games. I had season tickets when I was uh, 13 to the games, and it was just nothing I loved more than going there, catching a foul ball, you know, playing the games, eating the ballpark food, and watching on TV. Everything about baseball I've always uh, been a fan of, played all the way up uh, until high school. And uh, when I was 16, I decided, you know, why not apply for a position at the Delmarva Shorebirds? And, you know, I was 16, and the man who interviewed me, who uh, is no longer with uh, the organization, he said I would be a perfect fit. Um, for the parking lot, and I agreed with them completely. I said, sounds good to me, you know, first job. So I, I started out in the parking lot at the Shorebirds, and each year, you know, I kind of worked my way up to a more uh, a more demanding role um, for the position. And so I just kept working up, working up. Um, I've been with the team now for six seasons. Uh, my first job when I was 16, and uh, I've been with, there with six seasons now. Um, my first job was in the parking lot, and then I moved up to being like an usher, helping fans uh, find their seats with uh, with their tickets, any questions they would have about the ballpark that I've grown up in. And after that, you know, I worked in the amusement de- uh, department with the birthdays. And then uh, I became one of the assistants of the on-field MC we had at the time. And, you know, once he stepped down from the position and took a new one in the organization, they called me one day and asked if I had any interest in becoming the on-field host and MC for the Delmarva Shorebirds. And I said, are you out of your mind? You, you must be crazy. There's no way that I could, I could possibly ever, ever do something like that. And uh, they said, you know, they had, I've always moved up each position. So they said that they had great faith that I could, I could take over the role. And there was just, I had no, I had no faith in myself. I was so nervous. I was a 20 year old kid. How could I possibly, you know, be the on-field MC for, for this team? Um, so I started that uh, two seasons ago. This is my third one being the on-field MC for the Shorebirds, and it's probably been the best experience that I've had professionally, and I love it so much. So I can imagine having another job right now. Yeah, that's a great, so that's a great story, and I can actually relate to you a lot 
Um, and I was really excited to get you on this interview. I know we've been working on trying to get you on the show for a couple of weeks now um, because we have, you know, we've had six episodes. You're episode number seven. We have not had an on-field host, and really, we haven't had anyone involved in production aside from, you know, play-by-play guys, which, as you know, is a totally separate show in itself than the guys who are in the press box and, and picking contestants and, you know, the on-field entertainment. So I can really relate to your story because um, I wasn't quite as young as you. I was an intern here with the Lancaster Barnstormers when I was 20. One, and I was, you know, ripping tickets and, and uh, serving as an usher and a ticket taker. And I was driving all around the county giving tickets to schools and setting up programs. And I was a production assistant on game days. And that kind of led to a similar situation where our current on-field host left. And they asked me if I was up for that role. And I think similar to you, I had a reaction that was like, you know, I could set up a mic stand and I knew the promotions, you know, like the back of my hand, but I, I could not see myself as a public speaker at all. Um, and so, so I so I took it over, and you know, so it's great to finally talk to someone else who's kind of you know in the same boat as I am, even though you know different organizations, same industry, similar role. Can you go into detail a little bit um, to some people listening who who don't know, you know, they only kind of see what they see from their seats, from what an on-field host says on the mic and what they're saying. Can you explain the role of, of being the on-field host in a little bit more detail as far as you know what you're doing on the field, but also what you're doing as far as preparation and things like that? Definitely. So, um, as you know as well, the on-field host and MC definitely wears more than one hat. You know, they don't just pick up the microphone and, you know, begin talking. Um, so there's kind of like this big theory or this big perception to the fans that, you know, as soon as that last game hits in September, you know, the doors get closed, the power shuts yeah. off, and nothing goes in the stadium for until opening day of the next year. Um, but it's definitely all about, you know, preparation and, you know, using – like my job is to use the power of professional baseball to help not only, you know, the fans have a good time, make sure, you know, our, our, we have a good time as well. And that, you know, our, our sponsors have a good time and, you know, their money's being spent wisely. And so, you know, the preparation is definitely, it's definitely in great detail. So, you know, the, the first 30 minutes before the game starts is probably the most hectic, exciting and fun part of the job. You know, you have to deal that on-field host at MC definitely wears more than one hat. So, you know, they'll deal with the first pitches at the beginning of the game, you know, the national anthem set up, you know, there'll be special game presentations and, you know, selecting contestants, making sure, you know, you have all your, your items you need for to execute for that, for that evening. And, you know, my job is definitely to entertain the fans and have a great time. Um, But it's not as easy as, you know, you might see it as a first eye, just go up on the dugout and say a couple yep. words, throw a couple shirts, you know. Hey Jordan, so, yeah, you're talking, obviously, you know, we always joke about that all the time, too. Yeah, the doors don't just shut in September, and we don't all just show up again in spring. And you talked about the preparation. Can you speak a little bit more to uh, what you kind of go through on a normal day in general, not just even the game preparation, but kind of what your role is during a game, what you do when you get in in the morning, and kind of how you prepare um, for the game uh, before it happens? Um, so a normal day in the life of the MC, uh, I'll come in and we'll basically go over the script. Um, we'll make sure we're all on the same page this evening. And it's really hard for the you know the press box and the production crew up there to kind of be on the same page as myself, the on-field MC, and my small group that I manage to entertain the fans to be on the same page. So what we do is, you know, we use a script that we're all together and on, and it's very concrete. We'll have some changes sometimes, and most of the nights is pretty straightforward. We all know uh, what is to be done, what is to be expected of us, and how we can help the fans enjoy, you know, their experience with us at the ballpark. Um, some nights we'll have some different things, but normally it's pretty straightforward. It's just all about bringing the energy each promotion, each game, 
each night, making sure that, you know, we all have a good time and that it's executed properly. Sure. And, yeah, so we definitely have some groups that come in sometimes. But after we, you know, make sure we're all on the same page with our scripts, we'll get start getting our games together and picking contestants out of the stands. That's probably – or picking contestants out of the stands. That's uh, probably one of my most favorite parts is just, you know, making yeah. the kids night um, by, you know, selecting them to run in our mascot race with Sherman the Shorebird or, you know, play one of our, our trivia games, uh, Shorebird Trivia, and it's just making sure we have a great fan experience um, for all the fans and that we're all on the same page and we execute uh, the way we're supposed to. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Let me go a little deeper into the on-field entertainment. Um, just as someone who lives it, you know, every single day, how important do you view, you know, game presentation and on-field ta- on-field entertainment, you know, when you really look back and think, you know, 30, 40, 50, whatever years ago, baseball was around, you know, of course, but on-field entertainment wasn't really a thing. You know, so what, how can you can you speak to how important you think on-field entertainment is, especially in minor league baseball? You know, when it comes to keeping people energized, but also getting people to come to the game. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, one of my favorite things about you know working in minor league baseball is the idea of touch point marketing, where each time they visit someone in the stadium, it's a different experience. So you know, once you be- visit the parking attendant, then you go you know to the box office, get your you know ticket ripped see the usher take you to your seat that's when you know the game starts and the next touch point you have is the on-field MC and the entertainment um in between the innings for the games and you know some fans might not have the resources to go you know to disney world or sure. to you know camden yards or a major league baseball stadium so they come to the shorebirds or they come to the lancaster barnstormers you know to have that excitement and entertainment and you know to them that may be their disney world fans come back you know definitely more sure. than once if they have a great time and that's what we want is, you know, they want, we want them to come back and see us again and we want them to be there. So I feel like it's definitely one of the most important parts uh, of the entire, you know, game day presentation that we all do. Um, we all work together as a team from the parking attendants to the ticket takers and then me as the on-field MC. So I definitely feel it is the most, if, you know, one of the most important parts besides yeah. having a good time watching the game. Yeah. I would obviously, you know, tend to agree with you and, um, you know, one more thing kind of about that, and, and for me, this is probably one of the most challenging things, or at least it was, you know, when I first started uh, hosting the games from the field, you know, finding the balance between entertaining fans, but also still executing those promotions, you know, to the sponsor's needs, because, you know, you could be, or I could be the funniest guy in the world, but if we're running an off-field promotion and we don't say the sponsor's name one time, that's not, that's not a good look for us. On the flip side, if we're standing on the field and we're boring and we're kind of talking like this, but we're hitting the sponsor's names, we're fulfilling that part. But if the fans aren't entertained, then that's not good either. So can you talk a little bit about just, you know, how important it really is and, and how you go about finding the, that perfect marriage, that balance between, yes, you have to entertain the fans, but at the same time, you have to hit your sponsors, you know, kind of all in one, all in 60 seconds or whatever it may be. Sure, definitely. So, uh, uh, I kind of want to answer that question with a, a cool story that – well, not a cool story that happened, but one that was very eye-opening. Yeah. Um, so one yeah. of my – my very first year of working uh, as an on-field MC for the Shorebirds, um, it was a hot Sunday afternoon, and we have a mascot race that uh, is sponsored. And, um, you know, it was a hot Sunday afternoon. And our Sherman, um, you know, he was just a little too hot, and he was, you know, feeling not very well. And it was definitely not the perfect conditions for him to participate in the mascot race. So, sure. Um, yeah, we have 70 home games, and then the one home game that that happened, the sponsor for that event happened to, you know, be at and be in the corners. 
Um, of course, just that one Sunday hot afternoon yep. game. That's the game that she decided to come to. Um, you're glad she was there, but definitely not under the circumstances. So when that happened, you know, she was not happy at all. Um, that And we had to explain to her the situation. But, you know, it's just, you know, she paid for the event to happen, and we did not execute it for her. And, sure. you know, we were all very, we're very sorry that that happened. And we had to make sure, you know, so it was kind of very eye-opening that, you know, every game, you never know who's going to be there. You never know if someone's first Shorebirds game or, it's, you know, someone's 500th Shorebirds game or if the sponsor's going to be there or not. So just kind of, you know, having fun with it and, you know, put yourself in the sponsor's shoes. How would you want, you know, their business to be portrayed? So sure. I kind of like treat it like my business. Um, when I do each and every event, you know, we have a lot of games that we play uh, throughout the – and a lot of promotions to run each and every inning. So I like to pretend myself that I'm that business that I have to, you know, support and market. And so I'm always – you know, we're a fun group of guys who are all on field MC. You have to be one to have that job. So I feel like that part comes kind of naturally. And, you know, just supporting the sponsor that supports you, you sure. know, support those support you is definitely an important part. So – just having that marriage, like you said, of, you know, being the fun, witty self that you always are and you're always going to be when you're the field host and MC, and no matter, you know, who's in the crowd, treat everyone like the same, treat every promotion like the same. And, you know, you and the sponsor are both fulfill your goals of having a, a good presentation for the, the fans. Yeah, Jordan, that's awesome. Those are really wise words. I think, you know, finding that marriage between entertainment and also fulfilling the dollar signs attached to uh, what's going on in the ballpark is huge. And it sounds like you have a really good grasp for that and and hopefully you know that's that's setting you up well um for your future so i just wanted to kind of ask you a little bit too um how are you looking to take this experience now and turn it into um a future career in the sports industry sure yeah so um i'm a senior in college now i graduate this december in 2018 and you know a lot's going on in my mind to see what my next step will be and you know my having my first job at the shorebirds um, when I was 16 years old, you know, being a parking attendant and now I'm the all-field host and MC, you know, I feel like it's just been a great learning experience for me to, like, continue to grow in the organization. And then, you know, this fall, I'll be fulfilling my internship requirement um, with them as well as, you know, probably the inside sales host, or inside sales representative, you know, the marketing, work on the marketing team they have under the marketing director. So, you know, just taking that next step after college, hopefully it'll take me to, you know, a, a team somewhere. And I definitely want to stay within the sports, the sports field. And, you know, I'm a marketing major at Salisbury University. So after December, I've always been wondering, like, what the next step is for me. But I definitely think that working at the Delmarva Shorebirds for six years and being the on-field MC and host for three and learning new experiences each and every day will definitely prepare me for that next step um, in my professional development. And I'm really excited for it. So hopefully – I mean, I've learned so much from this organization, and I can't thank them enough for all that they've done for me and just taking that leap of faith in me when I'm, you know, only 20 years old to just have such an important role uh, yeah. within the organization. So, I mean, it's been the best thing that has ever happened to me um, professionally, and I'm just so grateful. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that those experiences will definitely help me, you know, fulfill my goal of working in the sports field when I graduate college in December. Yeah, and, and, and you know, just speaking from experience, they, they definitely will. And, and it seems like you have the – you definitely have the right mindset, the right attitude. Um, you're humble, which is something that 
you know, having all three of those qualities is definitely rare, especially when you start working in sports and, and things get, you know, can get a little flashy and stuff. Um, so at the end of our show, you know, with the guests, we always like to play, you know, and if you've listened to the other episodes, you knew this was coming. We like to play the number, we like to play the numbers game. So how this works is I will ask a question, uh, you know, and, and your answer will be a number from something that happened in your life working in sports. Doug will uh, tell us what he thinks your answer is going to be. Then I'll guess, and then you'll tell us your answer, and we'll see which one of me and Doug was was closer. The last one's always the hot dog question. But before we get to that, we'll we'll start with our first question. So, my first question for you, you know, trying to centering around the game presentation, you know, concept of today's show, is you know, being an on-field host myself, it's rare-ish, but it still happens. You know, every once in a while, I get caught up. Someone asks for an autograph, and I sign an autograph, and then I look up, and there's a line of people. And it's always kind of an awkward thing for me because, you know, I'm not on the field playing, but at the same time, you know, we're still doing our job and trying to entertain, and, and it, it's cool to take pictures and sign, you know, baseballs for little kids. So before you answer, I want to hear, Doug, the most autographs you think Jordan has ever signed in one night. Okay. Well, see, you... you yeah, as the on-field host, people yeah. approaching him in the stands, stuff like that. Yeah, you kind of you kind of took what I was going to say. I yeah. mean, definitely... <laughs> I hope it, it's it not happened. zero. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it definitely... It, I can't imagine it be zero. You kind of yeah. took my, my lead-in line, though, because if yeah, one person comes up, it starts to rally. Yeah, so yeah. it could be anywhere... I mean, geez. I mean, I would say... I would say probably at least ten. I would You're say saying ten. 10? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question, and I'm I, you think I would have an advantage, but yeah, because like every once in a while, if there's fireworks going on in the field, and I'm standing by the gate or something, I'll sign an autograph, and then I look up, and it's like a line up the stairs, and I'm just like, you know, um, you said ten. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stick with the. I'm gonna go higher because it can really snowball. So I'll just say fifteen. What? What? Don't disappoint us, Jordan. <laughs> The answer actually is 15. That's why I just wrote down on my piece of paper. 15. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The answer, yeah. So we had a uh, – every once in a while we'll have, like, school field trip day, field of dreams day. Yep. And, you know, one of my, my friends from college, his little brother would be there, or someone I went to high school's little brother would be there. And he'll, you know, bring his bring all his friends up to me and, you know, yep. hey, can you sign my – they get, like, a free book when they come in. So, hey, yep. like, can you yep. sign my yep. book? And I'm like, sure, I'd, I'd love to. So, you know, sign the book, and I just – it's just such a good feeling, and then you look up, and then there's the whole school that's with them. Yeah. So I probably got through about 15, and then, of course, you know, I had to do an, another promotion. So yeah. 15 is a good guess. Uh, definitely had the advantage on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess yeah, my advantage yeah, paid on. off because of the thing. All right, next question, and I probably have the advantage on this one too. But So I haven't seen your guys' promotions too in-depth you know, in Delmarva. We'll have to take a trip out. But um, the next question has to do with T-shirt slinging. You know, so here, you know, we throw them, we, we shoot them out of the gun, we have done that, and we have a slingshot. So my question for you, so stay with me here, and Doug will answer first. You know, T-shirts, T-shirt tosses in a single night. What's the most amount in one night that a T-shirt has either, you know, come untaped or unrubber banded in the air, or, or it never made it out of the gun, or it like dudded and never made it into the stands? What do you think, Doug? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say those things have a tendency to snowball. Yeah. So I feel uh, like yeah. it, I feel like it sometimes if one if one goes wrong they all go wrong. So I'll say three. You say three. So for yeah. me, yeah. Okay. So when you're throwing, obviously, usually you're fine unless somebody didn't roll. We use rubber bands, so that's usually okay. Right. When you start taping t-shirts, is when they can if you don't do it correctly, or if you rubber band and you don't you know do it as many times, like if you do it once instead of twice, right. three times. Uh, the gun, yeah, that can be tough sometimes if you're running lower on CO2 than you're, you're reading. <laughs> and the slingshot, I don't know if they slingshot in Delmarva. The slingshot is like your worst nightmare. Yeah, your worst nightmare. If the people holding the slingshot are not in the right spot, you can miss like five in a row and you just feel <laughs> like, you know. So you said three? I said three. 
I'm going to say two because I think a lot of time if it happens, you can take a deep breath, you can regroup, and you can you can make it work the rest of the way. So uh, three and two, what, what is it? Well, we don't slingshot on Delmarva, but we definitely, you know, we throw and we do the T-shirt gun. I swear, yeah. I swear, Alex, there's a camera set up in my room because I wrote down two on my piece of paper, too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, come yes. on. Yes, we've never had a guess where we got both. We no, got the first got two. Both. Someone nailed both answers and exactly, not just closer to. Right, and you never beat me. So. I never beat him. This is awesome. All right, <laughs> last last question. You know the question. How many hot dogs in one sitting? Doug, refresh my memory. Who's our current leader, and how many hot dogs? Our current leader. Oh, geez, wasn't it eight? I think it was eight. Who was it? With um, in one sitting. Yeah. I don't, we'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to throw it in the we'll page and remember who it is, but it's either yeah. seven or eight. We'll have to look at the so what do you think, Doug, more. about this? Um, well, see, here's here's what I have going for me. I, Jordan's a younger guy like us, so I feel like, and he's and he's been there for a while, so I feel like he's definitely probably gotten into some sort of dollar dog night, hot yeah. dog eating contest, or some some sort of shtick down on the field, or, or maybe, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just totally going off the cuff here. I feel like he's had to have done at least six at yeah, least six. you're going six okay so for me because i have a whole new perspective on this question now because i don't know if you remember last week mm-hmm. when we had the one of the camp days at, with the yeah. schools i did a, i did this yeah you did and i gave myself 12 minutes and my goal was to eat 10 mm-hmm. and i ate eight and a half but i had five minutes to spare that's how yeah. fast i was eating the hot dogs yeah and i just we had it was a double header so i did and this was between games so i decided not to go the other the extra mile because i didn't want to like throw up during the second game right um so if I ate eight and a half, and I'm I'm pretty aggressive and I have a huge appetite, you said six. I'm yeah. going with seven. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what. All right, so no one got it right on the nose this time. Like the uh, first so it's two. lower. But uh, we definitely sell a lot of hot dogs, and, you know, we have two-buck hot dog nights sometimes. The most sure. I've ever ate at the Shorebird Stadium was during a rain delay. And yep. after the game, actually it was, a, it was a rain out, which we don't have too many of, and you know, it was after the game, and, you know, the hot dogs were already made. So they brought the tray back into the office, and I could not resist. But I did – I had I had five of them in one sitting. So. Five. Okay, that's not bad. Only, yeah, five. Not not too bad. I don't know. No, but I'll have, to do, I'll have to do what you did and, like, try to have yeah. a ten-minute timer and see what I can see what I can knock out. Right, as opposed to, like, eating because you're hungry. Eat because you want the higher number. We'll have to see. Right. Yeah, I, we'll, have to check the, we'll have to check the scorecard because we haven't done a – Check the leaderboard. We haven't, check, we haven't done a podcast Jordan in a while, but now we'll, we'll have to check and, and see – where he sits, but those are pretty good answers. I beat you again, Doug. Yeah, congrats. So uh, now, before we let you go, Jordan, I just want to get, uh, first of all, thank you for being on the show. I want to get some parting words from you for anyone who is, who's listening to this that they are still in college and they don't have, they haven't accomplished what you've accomplished maybe. Give them some words of advice and then any other parting words you want to give. This is after you give that advice. Plug yourself. I know, I know you have a pretty strong Instagram presence and I told Doug before the show, it's the strongest one we've had on the show so far. Yeah, so you have sure. that, you, have, you don't have the hot dog title, but you have that so far. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, to say to anyone that's listening, um, one of my favorite things now because of being an on-field MC, like I said before, just that stepping out of that comfort zone and trying something new has just been so rewarding and so awesome for me. And now it's it's stuff I live for now. I love when, you know, managers of other jobs that I have will ask me, you know, can you do this? Do you think you'll be able to do this? The answer is always yes, whether if I think I can do it, you know, at first or not. Um, it's just one of my favorite things that I've – you know, grown comfortable with. I know some people that are really, really shy and just challenging yourself to become better is just something that I, I just live by. And it's just so much fun just to see what you can achieve next, no matter what it is. 
you know, you think you can do, like you said, five hot dogs, maybe try six next time. You know, it's just just challenging yourself um, just just to go for it uh, no matter what. Um, you know, what's the downside of it? We definitely live in a time we're very grateful to be in college and just have the whole world ahead of us. And just it's the best time to try things new. You know, we don't have too much, you know, collateral if we if we mess it up, which are responsibilities. Uh, if we mess it up or make a mistake, you know, it's okay. We just move on from it. And, you know, who knows that one thing you you tried or you wish you did, you know, you'll never know the answer and just try new things, apply, apply for that job. Um, you know, just have confidence in yourself that you can do it. And I definitely believe that anyone who has that can, can achieve it. Great advice. Hey man, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to catch up with you this summer. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll come down. You're not too far from us. Maybe we'll come down on a weekend and uh, hang out with you while you do your on-field promotions and uh, get some videos and do some cool stuff for baseball desk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. I was thinking about maybe sending it up to, uh, to Lancaster as well. That would be awesome. Yeah. Check it out. I've never, uh, I mean, I've only seen a couple other, you know, minor league games. I definitely love to come check out, see what guys, what great work you guys do. Definitely. Oh yeah, man. Hit us up anytime. We're glad. We're happy to have you. Awesome. I well, I appreciate all everything that you know. Just having me on today, it's been a, it's been a great time. Yeah, man. We awesome. will uh, we'll keep up with you. We'll keep our viewers uh, up to date with you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. So, Doug, that was Jordan Levere. He is the on-field host uh, for the Delmarva Shorebirds, which we know Class A for the Baltimore Orioles. What do you think? Jordan was great. I mean, for a young guy, he's the who, youngest person we've had on the show. The by youngest, the way. still in college. Yeah, exactly. But he, you know, when you speak to him. If you didn't know he was in college, you wouldn't know he was in college. Right. He has a very good grasp of what's going on in the minor league baseball world because he's been in it for so long. I mean, he said he was a season ticket holder, worked seasonal staff. He's been the on-field host for three years. The guy lives and breathes baseball. Yeah. So when you speak to him, you feel like you you are speaking to another sports professional because he is another sports professional. Yeah. His age doesn't define him, which is cool. Yeah, and it was fun for me because we don't we haven't had an on-field host yet. We really haven't had you know video board directors anybody like that. Right. So it was cool to see someone that I can relate to so much. And I'll tell you what, I think my favorite part you know was really the end when he was giving his words of advice yeah he said you know a lot of the time whether he thinks he can pull something off or not he says yes and then he and then he figures he figures it out he makes yep. it happen he's not saying yes and then not doing it he's uh he's so open-minded to make to make stuff happen and that's such a rare quality yeah. especially in someone of that age but it's a quality that you need to have in this industry if you want to succeed like it's a must you won't survive you really you won't survive because the thing that I think you and I talk about all the time, the things that we've learned and the experiences that we've had, even talking to other podcast guests and just connecting with other sports professionals, you're never ready for the next step. You have to just jump in two feet first and go for it. And I think he already has that mentality down. Yeah. I think you have to have that mentality to survive in this industry. And that's, that's a really great sign for Jordan. And it's a great sign for anybody in the sports world. Yeah. You have to have that Heck mentality. Yeah. That is it. You have to be open-minded. You have to be willing to try new things and get out of your comfort zone if you want to succeed. Yeah. He, he nailed it. Yeah, and on that note, um, we'll put his links in, his Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. He's pretty active on social media, which yep. as an on-field host, I think you kind of have to be. Absolutely. Um, it's a great way to engage with the fans. And also, you're almost like a second social media account for the team itself. Yeah, you are. So that's pretty cool. Uh, quick side note about Baseball Desk, I will say, uh, podcasts now for the time being are probably going to be monthly, um, second Monday of every month, I would imagine, just because, I know, I just heard, every, I just heard like, oh, yeah. but it's okay, it's we're, we're still here and our blog is still here, right. um, you know, we're just so busy because <laughs> the best part about Baseball Desk is that, well, the best part's me and Doug, but <laughs> the best part is that me and Doug 
work in baseball yep. so that we can really ask the right questions. We can relate to everyone who we're interviewing. Right. That's also the worst part about baseball. That's because during the summer, we're so busy. I mean, right. you know, we're interviewing uh, Jordan today, right now. It's a Monday afternoon, and, you know, we start another homestand tomorrow. We just have right. a travel day for the league. Right. So because of that, we're going to switch to monthly, I believe. Just one yeah. a month. Right. Blogs are still coming twice a week. Yep. We're still active on social media. Yep. And then once the offseason hits, we'll go back to the weekly stuff. So if you're listening and you want to be interviewed, hit us up. Yep. We'd love to interview you. You know, We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. And uh, we just want to talk to as many people as we can and really shed, shed some light on what's going on behind the scenes. Because now that we're in full swing of baseball season, right. people come to games and they don't necessarily realize – what goes on behind the curtain. You know, we don't just show up at 6 o'clock, game starts at 7, leave it, you know, 10 right. after the last out. We're right. putting in so much work day in and day out. And the, us, you know, we work in the front office. This is our life. Yep. We want to do this for the rest of our life. And just like a player, you know, we're always looking for that next opportunity. Are we going to get noticed? Do we have to make ourselves noticed? Right. Are we working here? Do we want to stay here? Do we want to be in the major leagues? So everyone's goals are different, right. but we all want to improve and make ourselves better every day. And if you are listening and you want to make yourself better every day and you want to work in sports, then you're on the right path. Yep. And keep listening to us because we're really trying to help people, right? Yeah, that, that's, that is the goal of Baseball Desk. When, when we started Baseball Desk, that's what we said. You know, Our goal is to connect the baseball world. Right, because when we were in our early 20s mm-hmm. and teens, we found there wasn't a ton out there to help. There's right. job, job boards and things like that, but there's not a lot of advice right. for people who are in the grind. And I think that's what – I hope that's what is going to make Baseball Desk so special one day is that you know I'm not a GM. You're not a GM. We're not presidents yet. Um, you know, we're middle management, and I think because doc, you know, over the years, mm-hmm. I hope that Baseball Desk really documents our journey to the top. Right, right. I, I met, that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal. That's why. That's why we started. That's yeah. why people listen. That's why we're doing what we're doing because yeah. we're hoping that you know we can shed some light on the industry and and be a part of everyone's success. Uh, that, that joins along. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Doug? Before we, we close up for the, for the no. week, for the check, month, check out our latest uh, blog. Yeah, we saw Tim Tebow. We saw Tim Tebow. It was lit. It was lit. It was actually lit. <laughs> it, it, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, just check out the check out the blog. Uh, it was a really fun experience. Yeah. It was something really cool that um, you know you, you, gotta, you just got to read to believe. Yeah, you got to read to believe our night with Tim Tebow yep. on baseballdesk.com. Just click blog uh, for Doug Condren, Alex Einhorn. Follow us on Twitter, Doug Moore underscore twenty three. Einhorn tweets. We're both on Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, give a like to Baseball Desk on Facebook. Podcast is on SoundCloud and iTunes. And uh, that's all I got. And uh, we'll get this podcast out. We'll have a great guest on the show next time. Keep up with the blog. And uh, Baseball Desk out. This has been a production of Baseball Desk. Dot com, the business of baseball simplified how to get in and how to get to the top. We'll catch you next Monday, every Monday for the podcast. In the meantime, go to the website, baseballdesk.com, read the blogs, pretty cool stuff. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Baseball Desk, LinkedIn, Alex Einhorn, and Twitter at Einhorn Tweets. We'll see you next time. Somebody give me one more because I just